Hello everybody, my name's Darren, I write a blog, it's about movies and shit like that, you can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com, and I'm also on Twitter, at demonsvoice, of which you should definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? Hi you all, you've had a good week, mine's been shit as usual. It was a bit weird this morning though, I woke up with Derek Akora standing at the bottom of my bed. I said, what are you doing here Derek? And he said, I'm here to tell you that I'm a fraud, and as is everyone else in my profession, especially the ones I've spoken to, and I want you to tell that, and we had a big conversation about why all psychics and mediums are liars, and uh, then you disappeared into thinner. Then I actually did wake up properly, and I looked at the internet, turned out he died, and I had somehow connected to him, which is mad, so, you know, rest in peace, you lying piece of shit. His words, not mine. Um, also, back to work, everyone, isn't it, after the new year, and if, you know, everyone's back now. I went back the other day, I was wearing my new shoes that I'd gotten for Christmas, my boss said, those are nice shoes, and I said, thank you. He said, what make are they? And I said, I don't know. So I lifted my foot up so we could see this, you know, the brand name on the sole. Just dog shit everywhere. Just dog shit all over the, over the shoes, over the floor. So, uh, you know, it's a good start to the week, isn't it? Speaking of returning to work with dog shit, let's talk about Guy Ritchie's new movie, The Gentleman. I wrote a blog about it. I'm going to read that blog. You can listen. Enjoy. Cunt, 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 yada, 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 and then something offensive about a minority. That's pretty much a perfect summary of Mockney Burke Guy Ritchie's latest offering of cinematic cobblers. I should tell you what happens in The Gentleman, but then I'm not sure there'd be much left of the film for you to enjoy, which is assuming there was anything there in the first place. Or maybe I'm being too harsh. It's a Guy Ritchie movie, and so there's always a cool soundtrack. There might not be much worth seeing here, but like a blind person that's developed an increased sense of hearing, Ritchie usually provides something fun for the old king layers. That's uh, rhyming slang for ears, by the way, obviously. Rhyming slang has always seemed pretty pointless to me because all it does is change the keyword of the sentence with a usually more random and dumb one that sounds so close to the original that you could probably still guess it. Saying custard and jelly instead of tally doesn't make you sound cool, and if you intend to use it as a code, then I'm guessing we won't be needing Alan Turing anytime fucking soon. It's also like how Guy Ritchie's gangster films are all essentially rhyming slang for the long good Friday. They're the same thing, but with a few details slightly tweaked in the presumed hope that it might not be noticed by the more easily baffled amongst us. Does dog and bone mean telephone? Nag, of course it doesn't. Now you carry on on mind business. Is there a shot involving a character's fate in The Gentleman that's a direct rip-off of the superior The Long Good Friday's iconic conclusion? Uh, just you watch it, you daffy, or I'll fucking span you right in your fucking mug, okay? That was, uh, the worst Cockney accent you've heard since Danny Dyers, I reckon. His is real, but it's just horrible to hear his voice. The Gentleman is structured around a conversation between a journalist who thinks he's smarter than he looks and a gangster that women to think is smarter than he is. Hugh Grant sits Charlie Hunnam down and explains what he knows to him about Matthew McConaughey's plans to retire as a weed kingpin. Although as good-looking as Matthew McConaughey might be, I'm not sure that I'd believe him as a man that would ever give any weed away for any price, and that's even if all I'd seen of him was his stoner-esque reflection in a puddle of piss and from a fucking distance. This knowledge of his retirement and the details surrounding it is Hugh Grant's leverage as he attempts to blackmail those involved out of what he considers to be a small but fair percentage of their bread and honey. Money. Still obvious. Imagine Interview with the Vampire, but if you swapped gothic horror for a diamond geezer caper, and vampires for a collection of smug white assholes who exude such an air of self-satisfaction that they may as well be trotting up the apples and pears for a J. Arthur in the bathroom mirror. Uh, that means they're wanking over themselves. I suppose that one's a bit less obvious. But it's also what I think Guy Ritchie is kind of doing, as I sort of get the vibe that he thinks he's one of the hard men toffs that he's glorifying in this movie. I don't have any evidence for that claim, but Charlie Hunnam's character is dressed so similarly to the director, that unless he fears assassination and wanted a few doubles on set to confuse his attacker, then this film just has to be Richie's way of spooging onto his own fucking face. Having only shat on it so far, though I have to say that I do quite admire Richie for having made The Gentleman. It might feel like a lifetime since his last film, but that's only because we all seem to have collectively agreed to already forget about last year's live-action Aladdin. 
He even made a King Arthur movie fairly recently, which was only worth watching for the line, you're trying to get me to do something razzle-dazzle with that sword. But it hasn't been since 2008's Rock and Roller that we last saw him dabble in this gangster genre for which he made his name, and I applaud him for having resisted the urge for this long. It's his default setting, and so like a man holding in a shit at a funeral, I say well done. This is Richie on his hands and knees and hoping to God that his original fanbase still remembers that he exists. There's also no denying that this kind of London-centric crime yarn does have an audience, and if Danny Dyer's filmography is proof of anything, it's that these kinds of films are generally a steaming pile of wank. To Richie's credit, his gangster films at least look like they were made by somebody who has at least seen a movie, which can't be said of most of the others. And that's even if that movie that he has seen is just the one in which Bob Hoskins iconically claims, The Mafia, I've shit him. It's not a huge brag to make, but Guy Ritchie is the current daddy of this generally crap subgenre, and even a lesser effort such as The Gentleman is a sock full of snooker balls to the face of something like 2019's Once Upon a Time in London. I imagine. I haven't seen it, obviously. Once Upon a Time in London, that is. But it's poster brags that it got five stars from the Daily Sport, which is a bit like an estate agent using a bucket of their own excrement to smear the words for sale onto the walls of a dilapidated crack den after they've had to drag out the bloated corpses of its former fucking tenants. The poster for The Gentleman doesn't have any reviews on it, but I'm guessing that's because Richie is aware of his more loyal fanbase and doesn't want them hurting themselves as they attempt to read it. Although, I say that as a sort of fan of his too. Or at least I'm a fan of him as a director. I like Guy Ritchie's movies when they're not marketed as a Guy Ritchie film. Sherlock Holmes is a really good example of this, and I will fight to the death with anybody that dares to criticise his underrated and brilliant The Man From Uncle. This is a sentiment that he clearly agrees with, having placed a poster of it in one of the key scenes of this film, The Arrogant Piece of Shit. My problem with Richie is as a writer, with it usually being his gangster films, as is the case here, in which he works from his own scripts. The actors do what they can to make the characters watchable, but there's only so much you can do when they're written to be about as two-dimensional as a pie and liquor's tic-tac under a massive windjammer. Uh, a vicar's sack under a massive hammer. The biggest problem of the film, though, is in the way that it so frequently resorts to racism when it's searching for a laugh. I guess that it would argue that these characters are bad people, and so it's perfectly in keeping with their low morals to use the terms and language they do when described in various ethnicities. But rather than playing the laugh as being at the expense of their ignorance, the film seems to want us to enjoy the ballsiness of their political incorrectness. It would probably also argue that rather than targeting one group, the film is insulting everybody with its offensiveness, spraying everywhere like a dick with an extra hole in it. Not that being an equal opportunities offender has ever seemed like much of an excuse to me. Nor would it be strictly true in the case of this movie, would it? Because the film might insult everybody from Asians to black people, but it forgets to include straight white males in this too. The Gentleman is a lock stock from the boomer generation. It's angry, it's muddled, and it thinks it knows better than anybody that's different to it. Garage, he might be the current king of Turd Hill, but that doesn't hide the fact that his territory fucking stinks. Lads Max readers will probably find this to be a bit of a bubble bath, laugh, but for the rest of us it's just a little bit Tommy tit. Shit, obviously, it will never not be obvious what this Tommy Rollocks bollocks means. What a stupid fucking language and what a stupid fucking film. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time. 